As a meteorologist, did you know that you can be right half the time but still have a job? <laughs> the amount of times we've all heard that, am I right? There's no doubt public perception of weather and weather forecasting isn't always great, and with many meteorologists and forecasters in the spotlight, the hate messages can be downright hurtful, and that can take a terrible mental toll on those who work so hard to predict the weather. But many on-air personalities have had enough, and they're fighting back. You blank blank, I hope you choke, you lying, I think you meant to say sack, back of blank, burn in blank, okay? That was meteorologist James Spann at ABC 3340 in Birmingham, Alabama. He read mean tweets sent in by listeners, and in this case, they're referring to his winter weather forecast earlier this year. And he's not the only one. Meteorologist Heather Waldman from WGRZ-TV in Buffalo, New York is also defending forecasting, using a more educational approach. The first one is something called chaos theory. The second reason is the fact that there's just not enough computer power in the world to do what we need. Now both of those reasons go pretty deep into geek territory, but I'll skim the surface for you. More and more meteorology professionals are taking to social media and the airwaves to fight back, and we examine that on this week's episode of Weather Hype a podcast where we talk about weather, climate, and how it affects you. Now I'm the reason why you broke up with him and got back together. Thought I was sunshine, but baby, I'm bad weather. I'm off the Doppler in the five-day forecast. By the time they hear me, I've already pushed the shore back. No, no, I wasn't always like this. Skies cleared soon as my daylight lit. Sidewalks dried up, no snow emergency. I could take you February and turn it into spring. Hey everyone, and welcome to Weather Hype. It is our favorite month, which is National Weather Podcast Month. Woohoo! We're excited to be bringing you guys a couple episodes and also to be talking with other podcasts, weather podcasts, that have invited us to be on their show. But the weather podcasts that are going to be involved with National Weather Podcast Month are Ice Station Houseman, Weather Hype, Carolina Weather Group, Weather Brains, Stormfront Freaks, and a new edition, B Squared. So all these podcasts, you'll be hearing more from them this month, and it's going to be pretty cool. It's the third year we've done it, right, Castle? It is, and you should also make sure you visit weatherpodcastmonth.com in order to find out all the details about each of these podcasts and the different times they're going to be on during the month of March. Yep. It's going to be a lot of fun and, you know, it's always a blast every year to, you know, have people on our show and, and be on other people's shows as well and just kind of, you know, cross connect with one another because we all talk about weather, but in a very different way. And so it's cool to see the unique perspectives that we all bring to you guys and hopefully you'll tune into the other podcasts too. Definitely. And if you're interested in seeing our other shows with the weather podcast, we are going, going to be on Weather Brains on March 11th. And we'll also be appearing on Ice Station Houseman at the end of March. So make sure and check out those appearances of us as well. So on this episode, it's kind of inspired by a bit of a rant that I saw on Twitter from our favorite co-host, Min. (laughs) (laughs) I hope that I'm your favorite favorite. (laughs) co-host. Jeez. I mean... Should I be my favorite co-host? I don't know. That'd that be would, a little self-centered well. and conceited, but you know, whatever. But yeah. my favorite co-host 
men had a really interesting discussion and thread on Twitter about kind of the difficult relationship with trust that exists in the weather community, right? Yeah, it was. And it was inspired by a forecast that kind of happened earlier in February um, with, well, actually it was late January that it happened. There was a cold front coming through and, and cold air behind the cold front and the precipitation. And it's always a tough forecast when you're forecasting snow in the south. Everybody knows that um, all the ingredients have to come together just perfectly for you to see uh, snowflakes. And everybody in the South always wants to see snowflakes, but that's not always, always going to happen. And so in Atlanta, Metro Atlanta, there was a forecast put out or several forecasts put out that indicated that there could be you know, a slight time period with mixed wintry precipitation with snow and rain mixing together, but nothing significant. But people were sharing fake forecasts. People were, you know, excited for a snow day. And yeah, Atlanta canceled because they always do get issues when there is any wintry precipitation involved. So the city was being proactive. People were being proactive. But for some reason, everybody was expecting it to snow and snow a bunch. I know friends on my Facebook feed were like, oh, let's all go, you know. Um, sledding in the park tomorrow. And let's all do this. Yeah, yeah. No, seriously, people had. Oh my gosh! <clears throat> these Facebook events were like, let's all go sledding tomorrow in you know Grant Park or whatever. And I was like, what? There's not going to be that much snow that's going to happen. And I even wrote on my friend's uh, Facebook post and I said, hey, just FYI, don't get your hopes up. I don't really think there's going to be that much snow based on what I've seen and uh, what the forecast models are indicating. But everyone was like, yeah, there's going to be so much snow. So when the event transpired, there actually wasn't that much snow at all. There was maybe a couple <laughs> of snowflakes right at the end mixing, but the precipitation, <laughs> the moisture moved out. Yeah, literally two snowflakes. <laughs> um, all the moisture moved out before the cold air really came in, and the extreme northern part of Georgia got snow, but metro Atlanta really didn't get much. And so it kind of frustrated me so much, so I kind of went off. It started off as a Facebook rant, and you know I like to let my Facebook friends know about you know, how I feel about certain weather conditions and really like to defend myself and also clarify different things that are not truthfully, you know, told about on Facebook. Sure. And so I posted that and then I kind of threaded it in a tweet and it kind of went semi-viral. I wasn't really expecting it. I never get that many, you know, engagements on Twitter and I don't really try that hard to, but I was kind of surprised that a lot of people, you know, chimed in and and it resonated with them, which I'm happy that it, it did because I was talking about the fact that you know, when there's a winter weather forecast and there is some indication that there could be a little snow, people get really hopeful and say, well, it's definitely going to snow. I'm so excited. And then if there was a range of snowfall, we've talked about this in previous episodes too, but when right. there's a range of, of snowfall uh, potential, people always gravitate towards a higher number, not even thinking that, you know, the low number, the lower side of the spectrum indicates like there could be zero inches of snow or a trace, you know? So people love and love to complain but they also love to blame other people too. So when the snow didn't pan out, people were being terrible, yelling at uh, meteorologists, saying that they were, you know, just, oh, it was awful. And it made me just really, really mad because, A, people should never treat other people like that. And it's yeah. just not, you know what I mean? Like Because we're people cool. first, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then I was going off a little bit more too. The expectation from the publics is like, you have to know the weather conditions right above my house, right above yeah. my like, you know, workplace. Like, we just don't have that technology quite yet, and the the power to really forecast at that level. And yeah, we have smartphones that tell you when it might start raining, but that's based on you know just looking at a radar and seeing where it'll move in respect to your location. But like, 
we don't have the type of information people want and think that they need. We have good information and good forecasts. And again, our forecasts are pretty good. But then when you go and, and expect this like really specific information, it's just not possible. And that's what is really frustrating. But also when you start calling meteorologists names, like ugly things, that's not fair and that's not right. And that's what, you know, what happened in Georgia with one of our uh, meteorologists in Atlanta for Fox 5, Joanne Feldman, right? She had posted yeah. that she wasn't really going to say anything. It's something that a lot of meteorologists have to deal with. All meteorologists really, you know, on TV or not on TV have to deal with when a forecast busts, you know, they get blamed for a lot of things and they get a lot of hate mail, hate messages and, and whatnot. She said she really wasn't going to say anything because she's dealt with it for so long and has coped with it for a while. But then she was like, you know what? I have to say something. I have to defend meteorology, defend myself, defend my station. What she said here in quote, but what I cannot shake is being called a liar or any other name that insinuates that. By calling us liars, it is implying that we knew it wouldn't snow, but told our viewers it would anyway. So that's that really resonated with me. And I was like, oh, that's such a good point because nobody, no meteorologist is going to like make up something knowing that it won't happen just for the likes or the viewership. A good meteorologist won't do that. I won't say <laughs> yeah, yeah, people yeah. posting randomly on social media aren't trying to get you to like their stuff, even if they know it won't pan out. But a trusted, you know, certified meteorologist that's giving you information they're not going to lie to you. It's a really difficult job. And, and this situation was very difficult. But when you call somebody a liar, yeah, you are implying that they're, they knew better and they're purposely misleading you. No one's trying to mislead you. We're all in this field to make sure that you're prepared and that you have the information and you're armed with the information to do whatever you need to do to keep your family and yourself safe. One aspect of this that is kind of being ex like extremely blown up is the idea of it being snow in the South. Because when it comes to this particular kind of weather condition, I feel like it almost becomes deterministic. So like instead of us giving them a range of snow or like probabilities what it's going to snow, it's either going to snow or it's not going to snow. Yeah. And even when it comes to that kind of decision, I think people are almost like wish casting a bit and being like, oh, well, if they say it's going to snow, like it's going to snow. And to them, that means like a lot and they should do things about it and they should buy bread and milk and they should do all these different things to prepare for the worst possible situation. And I was also similar to you was watching this kind of pan out and they were only calling for a dusting before they started back backing down on like the amount of snowfall like especially in the metro atlanta area so they were i mean there was like one to two inches in like north georgia but it was like less than an inch in atlanta and then after like one day passed they kind of started scaling back the amount of snow that was going to fall because they had obviously updated information so yeah i mean castle anytime you say the s word in the south like snow it's, yes. it's going to freak people out. Everyone's going to, you know, try to figure out if it's going to snow. And then they're going to be like, oh, is school going to be canceled? Can I go sledding? Um, and it's just the the way it seems to always be. And again, it's just not fair, the expectations that are put on meteorologists. And not to say like we're, you know, being whiny. But at the same time, these words and the way that people are hating on meteorologists, yeah. they have repercussions and they, or they should certainly have repercussions for the people who are making those statements. 
but they have a lot of unfortunate consequences for the people who are delivering these weather forecasts, who are working so hard to protect you and make sure you know what to do if something you know were to happen that is a little bit less common in the South. And, you know, James Spann, a meteorologist in Birmingham, he actually does these videos where he reads mean tweets yeah. and mean messages from other people. Here, you can take a listen to it real quick. Spann is trending on Twitter that can't be good. So I checked, and sure enough, when you're a weather person and you're trending, it's not good. So let's review some of the mean tweets, and I just will read them. You're a worthless piece of boop. Worst, worst forecast ever, you blanking blank clown. Do you realize if other people were as bad as you at their professions, they would be fired or in jail? But yeah, no, I mean, you can hear how how he kind of takes light of it. That's his way of coping with how terrible people can be. Sure, when you get the forecast right, some people will say thank you and, and whatnot, especially during severe weather. That's, you know, appreciation is a little higher then, but... On an average day, when you're getting the forecast right, no one's going to say anything, you know? Like, for instance, in Georgia and the southeast, they were um, they had so much heavy rainfall. A lot of flooding and the rivers are cresting right now and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They forecasted that well in advance and they said, you know, there will be up to 12 inches or even more in some places. And that forecast was right. But is anybody, I don't really hear people saying, hey, good job, meteorologists. You did a great job. Right. Don't really hear yeah. that. Or the tornado outbreak that happened, or the severe weather event that happened earlier this week. There were tornadoes that hit, and, and people in, I believe, Columbus, Mississippi, that city was hit um, directly was. by a tornado. And I saw that there were on-air meteorologists in that community that were you know, putting out information and, and going live and, and whatnot, trying to keep people safe. Those, you know, This isn't a job that we do to get praise or to get accolades. We're doing it to save people. But every now and then it is nice for those people who work so hard to have some affirmation because when the hate is so real and so strong a lot of times, it can be hard for people in this industry to really see the real impact of what they're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I almost wonder if, uh, and I don't have any information on this. I'm sure there's some of it out there, but I it always... it almost makes me curious to think like what are the repercussions of these comments on other people's trust as well so not necessarily the trust of that individual who's spouting out spout, spouting off these like extremely negative comments but like sure how is that impacting other people that are also following that meteorologist and seeing these things kind of tick up uh, a lot more so i think trust is a very slippery slope when it comes to uh, the weather community, especially because that's what that's how people rely on getting weather information. They always they always have one person that they go to. So like doing the interviews for my dissertation right now, people are always like, oh, I'm on Fox five or I'm on uh, CBS 46 or whatever. Like they have these very specific places they go because they feel like that is the most accurate and it kind of speaks to them. Sure. So I think that keeping very close touch on what is trust and how it is built and how quickly it can erode away are all super important topics. And so to kind of talk about trust and trust in meteorology from a different perspective, um, meteorologist Ginger Z of ABC and Good Morning America, she actually came to the University of Georgia when uh, you and I were both in undergrad castle and 
she came to talk to us about her career and, and you know, her service in meteorology and, and forecasting. And she mentioned something really interesting that when she puts together a forecast, like a five day forecast, and she has, you know, the typical high and low temperature on there, the high temperature, she said, sometimes she'll adjust based on if the skies are, you know, supposed to be sunny or and clear or if it were going to be cloudy. So, you know, for example, if she's forecasting a day in the summertime where it's going to be sunny, she might uptake that temperature a little bit to account for the fact that it will feel hotter because the sun is blazing down on you versus if it were cloudy, she actually might adjust the temperature on the high temperature forecast a little bit downward just because if it's cloudier, it doesn't feel as hot, which I thought was really interesting. And so recently she had a post about the opposite, um, which is wind chill and adjusting or, you know, posting forecasts about wind chill and and showing people how it really feels versus just you know the normal temperature i think it was just her responding to this uh individual because they said that basically the uh wind chill was kind of this hype this way that they can hype the weather um so i think she was just kind of firing back saying like you need to understand that this is something that we actually use and it's important because it goes beyond actual temperature because when you're talking about both wind chill and heat index like you just mentioned there are other factors that go into it that relate to like the stress on the body so for example with wind chill it's both air temperature and wind speed because again it depends on how quickly the heat can be lost from the human body so the wind chill kind of makes that happen um, or the wind speed sorry makes that happen so it's important to include both air temperature and wind speed when looking at wind chill. Um, But I think this individual was arguing that we need to only show actual temperature because having the wind chill temperatures up there shows that's like negative 80 is like in their mind was (laughs) hyping the weather. And, you know, I can see that a little bit because again, in meteorology, we do have a reputation from, you know, whether it's true or not that we hype the weather that we over dramatize the weather conditions just to get people to watch, to listen, you know, and whatnot. So I understand, yeah, I understand where that person is coming from, but Ginger's response is completely on point. That wind chill is what your body is feeling, and there are repercussions when you look at frostbite and hypothermia, because the wind chill temperature is honestly what you look at, not necessarily the, the normal air temperature. And in those parts of the country, when the temperature drops to negative 20, negative 30, it doesn't take much wind for your body to really feel a lot, a lot colder. Hi, my name is James Spann with the Weather Brains Podcast, and here's a message to get you weather ready. The spring season is here, and we want to prepare you for spring weather threats, which include tornadoes, lightning, flooding, and thunderstorms. Being weather aware is important. Make sure you stay informed about weather conditions and know what type of weather is forecast for your area. Knowing the weather ahead of time will help you to prepare. For more information, please visit the NOAA Weather Ready Nation website at weather.gov WRN. So in addition to that, there was an article that actually came out today, uh, February 26th, that kind of goes along that same route. It's talking about kind of this wind chill denial um, and more in the fact of it impacting ski resorts. Um, so because we had those extreme 
extremely cold temperatures and including those wind chill temperatures in February, they're kind of noting how before, like back in the day when we didn't used to report on this kind of stuff, um, people would in, in, if they closed schools, then people would automatically go to like the ski resort to enjoy their time there. But their kind of argument was that since they are pushing these more extreme wind chill temperatures out there and they're kind of vocalizing them and sharing them more that it's impacting the ski resort business which i mean i don't know i don't i haven't like thoroughly examined this article but um i kind of have suspicions that it's not necessarily the best uh, Mm -hmm. indication of how it's being impacted in the ski resort business but if that's something you want to check out then you definitely can and we'll have it on the website the other thing that this kind of discussion reminded me of was a tweet and kind of a thread conversation that I saw um, that was promoting this new research study that the NIH, um, the National Institutes of Health, was uh, revealing this week that was looking at how Twitter is being used to weaponize health communication. So specifically in talking about the vaccination debate. So I won't get into it here, but I'm sure you've heard a lot on whether children should be vaccinated or not, um, the pros and cons of that, and their kind of connection to autism is kind of the negative side of things. Um, But what this study was really looking into was how bots, uh, so those accounts on Twitter that run um, and kind of just shoot out tweets kind of really extremely fast, um, and they, the ones specifically that are owned by Russia are kind of creating this discord in the vaccination debate. So what's interesting about the study is that they found that there's not just a one-sided kind of bot situation. So for example, the Russian bots aren't showing only the negative side of the vaccination debate. What they're actually doing is having some bots show like positive comments about it and some showing negative comments about it. So it's really creating more of a discord in the way that we're thinking about vaccination. And so with this, uh, discussion about ginger z talking about how she's kind of trying to shut down this anti wind chill factor it just reminded me of this debate like are we gonna as a weather community gonna have to start like being dragged into this anti pro uh kind of atmosphere and i just was like oh oy vey um (laughs) but it just it just kind of reminded me of that I mean, I always wonder all the hate that people get on uh, on Twitter and whether Twitter are some of these people like bots, you know, like mm, we don't know who they be. are. They're trolling like uh, maybe they are bots. I mean, seeing the work of social media um, in real life from a real job, it's I see a lot of times people are just trolling. I'm like, this can't be a real account. It seems like they're just spewing out a bunch of hate for everybody. Yeah. So, I mean, in theory, like these bots could be being used to destroy trust in certain meteorologists so yeah um it's just kind of a frightening thing to consider i mean i think twitter's doing from my understanding is doing a lot of work trying to uh delete the bot accounts so they're doing everything in their power to make to identify those and to remove them because i know like a few six months ago maybe they warned that people's followers would drop uh significantly yeah um because they were removing a lot of bots um but i'm sure that people are really trying to make them more sophisticated to act like real people so that they don't get deleted um so i'm sure that they 
I'm sure the next big thing in bot technology is around the corner. So um, we're going to have to keep our eyes out for that and make sure that we're doing everything in our power to check your sources, check what this person is saying. Do they have kind of, are they reliable? Do they have some sort of knowledge about this or um, do your homework about the people you follow and the things that they're saying, I guess is the best advice. Plot twists. You and I are both bots. Do you like the weather? I do. It is mostly sunny with a high of 45. <laughs> oh, man. Um, cool. But, Castle, so going a little bit back to what we were saying earlier about how meteorologists are getting so much hate, there is a, not a movement, but a, something that a I've movement. noticed, and maybe that you've noticed as well, of meteorologists defending themselves even more kind of like what joanne was doing but taking it even a step further and kind of posting the terrible things people say publicly so that other people could see all the crap that you know meteorologists are getting so katie morgan she's a meteorologist at wztv chief 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 meteorologist thank you um Mm -hmm. chief meteorologist at wztv she broke into, she was in Nashville, in the Nashville market. She broke into, Correct. is it a movie? The Masked Singer? No, no, no. It's what a TV is that? show. So if what you're not that? familiar with The Masked Singer, it's like the new, the newest phenomenon that's going on. Basically, they have all kinds of celebrities and famous people dress in a bunch of different animal costumes. And they <laughs> sing a song every week. And like their voice has been changed. Um, and there's like a panel of four judges and the each week they try and guess who is in each masked costume and just like American Idol I think the public votes on who they want to send home and then that person is revealed so like there's a big reveal at the end of every episode um I don't know I was very confused I was like what is this like old movie that why are people so mad that it's being cut into no, apparently it was like a big thing in the UK. And so they obviously, we copied them and they brought it here. Um, <laughs> and so it's like this big thing. Like I was just ran, like, I don't know anything what's going on. I just know the, of the show because my parents watch it. And mm-hmm. I was obviously, I was out somewhere and someone was like, do you know who the rabbit is? And I was just like, yeah, what? we're just going to have to stop right there. Um, <laughs> like someone's like a unicorn, like someone's a rabbit. Like they're all these like very crazy costumes basically the only reason why i know about it is i watch a clips of ellen and she has she kind of makes fun of it and she's copied it and she does this thing where it's the masked dancer oh and so um that's the only reason yeah he's the judge i mean he he judges and she judges and they try and figure out which celebrity is in the costume um that's a little harder though because like yeah, I don't know how celebrities dance. I mean, I know how Lindsay Lohan dances in Mykonos, but like that's different. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, sorry. Yes. Uh, to go so back, back to, to the Katie serious, Morgan, the serious topic. <laughs> she she posted a photo right, and it had yes. uh, all these comments uh, that were overlaid over a uh, screen capture of her um, weathercast, and it some of the comments I'll read, and it's not safe for work or you know don't play it out loud for children to hear. Um, but I'm just going to go ahead and read them just to show you how intense people are. So get your ass off the TV. Tell the weather girl to shut up. When did Miss Piggy get on the masked singer? Shut the F up. Get off. I don't want to say that. Blank. We trying to watch the masked singer. Get off, though. 
an inconsiderate camera hog. Like that's just a sample of the many things that she got. Not cool, but you know, it's kind of fun and also empowering to see her standing up for herself and showing people, you know, this is what happens. This is the kind of hate I get. And honestly, from posting that, she get she got a lot of people who came out and supported her. Because, again, in the end, it's like a Yelp review. If you have a good experience, you're not going to really say anything too much or leave a review unless you really, really want to. But if you have a really bad experience, you will say something. So same way in meteorology, if there's like a terrible forecast, people will like go ham and write terrible things for you. But again, if it's good... You don't really hear people saying, wow, thank you for your work. Like, it's awesome. (laughs) So when you post something like this where you show all the haters and really expose them for who they are, then that brings out the positivity in people. And they say stuff like, you know, that's terrible. I'm so sorry you have to deal with that. And it it lets people know that this is kind of the world that we live in, but also, you know, shows them that you need to be a little bit nicer to your meteorologists because, again, they're trying their hardest. They don't deserve the the garbage that they get. And I think... The other really positive thing about this is like at the very end of her tweet, she says that she's basically she'll continue to do this. Like no matter what comes her way, she'll continue to put lives and property ahead of a silly TV show, which Mm -hmm. I mean, I think is something that we all understand. But I just feel like it was so empowering for her to kind of make that put that stance out there. Sure. And just be like, you know what? there are no words that can stop me from trying to save your life. And I think that is pretty powerful in itself that it's just like, that is what she's doing and she takes it very seriously and she'll continue to do that. So I just props to, to her for, um, a hundred percent. Yeah. And you know, I've, I've seen other clips of meteorologists, you know, going out there and defending themselves saying, if there's a tornado warning in the market, area i'm going to cut in no matter what and i will save people's lives no matter what show or tv or movie you know thing is on and to see it more frequently now and to see people specifically exposing these terrible comments i think that's it's a new trend in you know public facing meteorology where we get to see the things that people post and we're gonna we're gonna put it on blast because if you're hating on people and you're a terrible human being i personally think you deserve to be on blast and maybe that'll make you think about yourself and check yourself before you wreck yourself. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And I'm, cu- I'm curious. Um, check whether- yourself. <laughs> check yourself. I'm curious whether, like, if this was something that she discussed with the station and, like, the executives or if this is something she was just like, you know what? I'm going to do it. Um, because to me, like... We've been talking about all these great stories about how people have kind of risen above the negativity. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm worried um, to, I I guess, uh, to use a lighter word, that this may not be kind of the thing that continues to happen because of people holding back individuals from kind of expressing their truth and being transparent and kind of saying what they want to say so i have a feeling that those in broadcast or um private sector perhaps are kind of hidden behind or that they are kind of trying to maneuver around walls that are up um that may prevent them from speaking their truth so i'm, I'm just curious i would be curious yeah. to know about that sure it's nice to see these you know 
empowering clapbacks, but at the same time, not every meteorologist is in the same situation where they are able to do that. Yeah. So I think that's something that we should certainly acknowledge. But yeah. um, I think if you are a station manager, or you manage a station or you're a news director, that to really look at these things, because this isn't only in meteorology on the side of, of local stations, journalists get it too, about their yep. looks, their appearances, yep, yep, how yep. they talk, how they you know, write their packages, whatever. Anything that you do that's out in the public, you will get negativity for, unfortunately. Like, I used to make YouTube videos, and people would, like, make fun of my lisp, and make fun of my appearance, and, like, say all these, like, incredibly racist things to me. Yeah, I know. And you know what? I don't really care, because look where I'm at now. I'm I'm laughing to the bank. Boom. Mm. Laughing to the bank. I'm laughing to the mountain. I'm not really laughing to the bank. Yeah, I'm laughing to the bank because I don't have a lot of money. Honestly, <laughs> like I'm just laughing to hide away the pain. Uh, no, I'm I I look back at that and think to myself like you guys are losers who have nothing else to do except to make fun of a child posting YouTube videos about the weather in the news. And you know what? I've I've it thickened my skin. It did, and I'm okay. But just thinking how terrible people can be. But also, you know, you get reminded of how nice people can be and how supportive they can be too when you post all those negative things. And I think like the big theme that kind of connects a lot of these stories that we've heard is this idea of transparency. So and I think that's a huge kind of factor when it comes to trust and trusting someone or trusting the weather information that you get from someone. Um, Because I know here recently there's kind of been this push that whenever there is some sort of forecast bust or there's something that doesn't go quite as planned, it's always best to clearly explain what your initial thinking on the forecast was like what actually went what happened and where you went wrong Mm -hmm. and that's a way to kind of show your audience that yes i know what i'm doing this was a really difficult situation here were all kind of the different the points at which things could have gone wrong and this is the point where it actually did go wrong and this is why and i think providing all of that information incites this transparency that's like oh you know what they do know what they're doing because they're able to lay that out like very eloquently and this is where they went wrong and now they know or maybe not in the future they'll know not to do that but like in the future this will be something that will also maybe still be an issue but i think that theme of transparency also comes out in each of these stories that we've heard today where people are telling their truth and they're being transparent about the negative feedback that they're getting and i think that just makes them be more of a person and as someone more that they can yeah, yeah like it humanizes the whole process that they're not just this robots spouting weather information. They're actually <laughs> back to the bots. Are we back to the bots? They're, they're an actual person who cares about people. Like Katie said that she wants, she wants to keep people safe. That is her ultimate goal. So I just think that transparency and trust are great. And I think what else makes you relatable as an on camera meteorologist is science communication and bringing the meteorology and science to a level that everybody can understand. And meteorologist Heather Waldman at WGRZ-TV, I believe in New York, she had a great example. She kind of talked about the idea we, we reflected on a little bit earlier about the, the power of forecasts and, and the public demand for a level of forecasting that we just cannot provide quite yet. And she goes into, in a very understandable way, chaos theory. And the computer oh, wow. computing limitations that we have with our supercomputers to really be able to resolve information at the level people demand. 
Wish I could be wrong half the time and still get paid. Man, if I had a nickel for every time I heard that one. First of all, we get it right way more than half the time, and I'm not just saying that to be defensive. A couple years ago, the National Weather Service did a study that showed, on average, meteorologists can get the high temperature forecast right to within two and a half degrees. When it comes to precipitation, things are a little bit trickier, but a 24-hour precip versus no precip forecast is going to be right 82% of the time. Is it perfect? No, but not bad for predicting the future. She talked about that and said, you know, there's a reason why our weather forecasts are only as good as they are currently in 2019. There are things that we certainly will improve on. And when the computing power exists, we can compute all these crazy equations that we have, um, thermodynamics and all, that can definitely resolve the forecast to a more, a smaller scale, a smaller, you know, spatial area and time mm -hmm. scale. But until we have those computing powers, we really can't do much. On to problem number two, the issue of not having enough computing power. The supercomputers that run the American model that you hear so much about, they can do eight quadrillion calculations per second. That's 12 zeros. Even with all of that, the American model can only analyze data on a grid with points spaced 13 kilometers apart. The model needs four of those points to see a weather feature. Ultimately, it's up to us as meteorologists to pick out the best model solution, but more importantly, to explain the forecast to you in a way that makes sense and describes where we're uncertain. She talked about chaos theory and computing in, in such a way that a lot of people could understand, and the comments from viewers are very positive, thanking her for informing them about why weather forecasts are the way they are and the state of weather forecasts. Because I think people need to be reminded that this isn't a definitive science. This isn't something that we've studied for thousands of years. We've only really recently, you know, had a chance to really study the atmosphere and, and we're doing a better job. There's increased research going into these areas and it's going to help us down the, down the road, down the line. But just right now, we are really good at what we do. We're just not as good as people want us to be. Yeah. Because they demand that specific. Yeah, they crave that they specific crave information. Like they want to know how many drops of rain will fall on them at five fifteen in the afternoon, you know, thirty seconds into the minute. Like yeah. that's just not practical. But in my day to day life when I plan around, you know, my schedule around the weather, I don't need it to be that resolved. I don't need to know no. right down to the minute or second. I just need to know whether it might rain or might not rain. And then I can, you know, make a decision to bring an umbrella or a raincoat or not or maybe plan something else. I get sometimes big events in your life might rely on the weather like a wedding or a picnic or whatever, a vacation. But at the same time, you know, for the most part, those forecasts are okay. But every now and then when we're wrong, man, people will let you know. But we're pretty good. And I really appreciate the way Heather broke it down. And other meteorologists are doing it too. I'm starting to see another trend in this as well of people really educating the public and their viewers about meteorology and, and why certain things can happen and why they can't. Um, it's a good level of expectation management. And I think that hopefully this trend will continue because you want to inform people about the weather and about weather forecasting, what goes behind the scenes too. So on Weather Hype, Castle and I tend to do this segment called Song of the Week. And it's just, you know, a song that we both like. We haven't done one in a hot minute, but let's go ahead and kind of bring that back, shall we? Uh, so, Castle, what is your song of the week? 
My song of the week is a favorite off of the new Ariana Grande album. Uh, surprise, surprise. Um, it is going to be called Bloodline. Um, it's not one of the more famous uh, of her new songs, um, but it has a really catchy tune. It has, like, I think her grandmother at the very beginning, which I love. And it is basically the premise of the song, I'm pretty sure, is about not a kind of waiting to get to know someone before you get engaged or the way that she phrases it before you add them to your bloodline. So mm. before you become kind of family or um, connected to that person uh, very deeply. Um, so I'm assuming it has a lot to do with Pete Davidson um, and getting to know someone more before you kind of jump into engagement. Um, but it has a, a nice uh, kind of, I don't know how to describe it, like uh, a good rhythm. It's very catchy. Um, and I just love it. So there's uh, a good enough reason for you to listen to it and for others yeah. to listen to it because they love it. And that's all that matters. Because I love it. <laughs> um, but if you haven't checked out the new Ariana Grande CD, I highly recommend it. All of the songs are pretty good. Um, there's only one that I'm not super favorite of. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't talk but, about that. Don't talk about it. Next. Move on. Thank um, you, next. So, yeah. Thank you, next. Uh, so, Min, have you had time to determine your song of the week? Yeah, it's been a long time, and I've, I've there's a lot of new songs since the last time we did this on the podcast, so I had to kind of dig through my Spotify playlist to figure out what I liked. Um, but there is a song by Sam Smith called Fire on Fire, and it's from the movie Watership Down. Have you heard it yet? Watership Down? Watership Down. Oh, Watership Down. No, I thought you were going to say his new Dancing with the Stranger with song. Yeah, that really song's like. good too. That song's good. Yeah. I like that. And I like the music video for it. Um, but no, this song is, it is from the movie Watership Down, which is based on the novel by Richard Adams. I think it's, he's a British yeah. uh, novelist. And I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure it's about a family of rabbits and they live <laughs> in nature, but then because of human activity, their home is destroyed and a lot of issues and, and things come about. But um, I guess he was uh, asked to, to sing a song or maybe even write the song. I don't know. And it's just so dramatic and so good. I don't know how to describe it except Sam Smith is just so soulful. He really and when is, you hear yeah. it, you just like, there's this, you feel something. Some, some, and you it's feel a good, it it's a good, in your yeah. bones, yeah, in my bones because they're aching because I'm oh. getting old, <laughs> oh. but I'm feeling it everywhere. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's really, really good. And so, we'll put these songs on our website, but highly recommend it. I don't think it's really getting radio play, but it's such yeah, a good, dramatic it. song, and it's just wow, his vocals are so good. Wow, so yes, he sang a song for a, I believe, a animated movie about um rabbits living in the wild and being affected by people oh i think i know what you're talking about do you the rabbit thing not the song okay i think i might have is it on netflix i don't know or is it an actual movie there's like a six six the series six episode series on netflix that's about like rabbits and they're it very sounds very similar like their home gets destroyed and they have to find a new home and there's like I'm pretty awkward, sure it's on Netflix. Yep, yep, yep. It's on Netflix. Awkward romance. Bunny between romance? Between the bunnies. Yeah. yeah. It's like Why is it awkward? Because it's like more in depth than you would think it would be. 
Oh, okay. Because it's like a cartoon, but it's more of like an adult cartoon, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I feel like, so I heard that the book originally maybe may have been meant for children, but I don't think the movie is. I may be completely wrong about the novel, but um, yeah, I just thought it was interesting because when I heard the song on Spotify, I was like, oh, this sounds good. And then when I watched the music video, I was like, wait. Why is there like a Why are bunch there of bunnies? Like, yeah, I was <laughs> super confused. And then I was like, oh, it's from the movie Watership Down. Got it. Or, you know, series or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was confusing hmm. for a hot minute. But yeah, maybe the movie's Interesting. good. Or the series. I'll, I'll watch it sometime. I have a lot of a backlog of things to I watch. I think it so. might be a remake also. It is because I looked it up. There was something on from 1970s of yeah. Watership Down, it looks like. Yeah. Yep. Then I know yeah. what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is there other things that we should talk about? No, I'm too hungry to talk about it. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I'm That's hungry. I'm then so you hungry. should close us out then. All right. I will. Um, thank you so much for joining us on our first episode of National Weather Podcast Month. You can find us in a variety of places, including Facebook.com slash weatherhype and weatherhypepodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter at weatherhype, both words, weather and hype, or you can send us a lovely email at weatherhype at gmail.com. Have you checked that email in a while? Oh, I, I have it open on a tab all the time. So, oh, yeah. look yeah. at you. I so mean, if, if the if the fans want to write fan mail, I'll be there to respond. So, you know, it's Great. been a hot minute since we had some fan mail. <laughs> but feel hint, free to hint. send some fan, fan email, fun email. Um, yeah, and also we're going to have another episode coming out later on in March for the podcast month and really excited to talk about that. We'll be um, doing a, a really unique story about a island nation that was hit by a typhoon and the wild animals that were rescued from it and were brought right here to Colorado. So really excited to tell that story and you'll have to wait a few weeks until you hear that one. And I'm sorry that we did not have a February episode, but we were both quite busy. But to compensate, we have offered you two lovely episodes in March. (laughs) Please take our offerings. (laughs) So hopefully that will satisfy your cravings for weather hype. (laughs) Boop. Sounds weird. (laughs) Boop. Satisfy your cravings. Satisfy your cravings. Why are we also talking about like we're Dracula or something? (laughs) Okay. <laughs> I wish I could roll my R's like that. I can't. Oh, sad day. I know. Cardi B, get it. Cardi Castle. I think Chloe might have been doing it first, but I he, think. I mean, a lot of people were doing it. Show Can't Tell out. Brown on YouTube was doing it before, too. But oh, okay. Everyone knows Cardi B for doing it, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, whatever. Ne- Thanks uh, to all the, the past people. <laughs> <laughs> she has some weird noises. She does. But don't we all? Meow. <laughs> we should do that and until next time. Until next time, weather. Meow. Okay. <laughs> no, that's weird. <laughs> anyway, for real, the real one though. Until next time. Until next time. Stay hyped. Stay hyped. Meow. <laughs> are you a car? Or are you an airplane? Like, what are you? Meow. Meow. Have you? There's a really funny like uh late night video where she explains like each of her different sounds and what they're used for. Oh wow, it's, real, funny. it's really funny. Uh, we'll link that to you guys too then. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
Or maybe we won't. I don't know. Depending if I feel like cutting this part or not. You could put it at the end as the secret. Super secret. Super secret. Ending. Yeah. I wonder how many people actually listen to the super secret email. Or a part. They should email, email us if they do. Or tweet at us Oh, yeah. Hey, if you're That's listening to this it... part, like, let us know. Tweet at us or something. So we know that you're actually waiting, listening to the very end. And maybe you'll get a prize. I don't know. Yeah, that's how you know you're a true fan. So we will figure out a way to award you. Congratulations. You're knighted by the king of weather height. Congratulations. <laughs> right, Which one of us is the on king? Enough. I'm the king. <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. I got a very king Does that crown mean right I'm here. a prince? You can be a king, too. It's 2019. Oh. Shit. Monarchy can be different. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there it is. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh bye. <laughs> bye.